Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week we'll talk about why you should be a tourist in your own home and do a deep dive into strategies for dealing with a season of stress. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who is definitely in a season of stress. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and yeah, you nailed it, Gretch. I'm very stressed. <laughs> have been for the last couple months, but um, I'm seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, so well, and very goodness. Very appropriate for the idea of being in a season of stress. We had um, a lot of people responded to the idea of the power down weekend, which we talked about in episode 165. Eva said that she and her husband have nada days where they just do nada. They block off time on the calendar, don't schedule anything, and make sure they have time to rest and relax. And Gina says, my mom used to surprise my brother and me with what we called Templeton days when we were kids. Templeton days were a random non-school day where we got to stay in our pajamas, watch TV or read, eat junk food, and generally relax. These days were named after Templeton, the rat in Charlotte's Web, and were remarkable because they were rare treats for us kids. I love the idea of naming it after Templeton, who, if you remember yes. your Charlotte's Web, was just like the most gluttonous. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. And Andrea reported that she once a month she has PJ Day, where she stays. Staying in your PJs seems to figure prominently yes. in Power Down Weekend. She stays in her PJs, eats cereal snacks and breakfast for dinner, and spends a day catching up on TV or movies, reading, and generally relaxing. I love all the names mm. for these days. Yes, I do too. We love naming something. Yeah. And another update, if you are here in the United States, Mother's Day is coming up on May 13th. Mm. And um, if you're looking for a gift for a mother in your life, or you want to suggest a gift for someone to give to you, if you think you might be on the receiving end, I want to suggest one of my books, which mm. I often hear after Mother's Day that people have read them as Mother's Day gifts. Or if the mother or grandmother in your life has already read my books, you could do my coloring book. I have a coloring book. Or I have this new Four Tendencies course for people who really want to go deeper into the Four Tendencies. And the, the enrollment window is open through May 9th. And the five-week course officially starts on May 14th, which is the day after Mother's Day. And I've heard of a lot of people who are going to go through this course with their mothers. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, that would be cool. So you can learn more at courses.gretchenrubin.com or I'll just put a, a link in the show notes for everything related to this episode, including that. Yeah, and Gretchen, they could also get a tendency mug. You know, oh. I have to always, I'm a <laughs> mug person, so. Pushing the mugs, yes, get a tendency mug. Um, excellent. Now, Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip is to be a tourist in your own home. I love this notion. Explain what it means. Okay, so this is the idea that, um, now, because I'm obsessed with the idea of outer order contributing to inner calm, you know, because I'm working on this book. Yes. One of the things I realized is a lot of times you don't even know what's there. Like, I I forget mm. what I've got in my own home. So the idea is that by being, being a tourist in your home, you're just visiting. So you're not expecting mm. yourself to clear clutter. You're not expecting yourself to get organized. You don't have to do anything. You're just looking. You're just driving by, looking out mm -hmm. the window, and you're opening up every cabinet, every closet, every drawer, just to remind yourself what is in there. We all have these places that we never visit. So be an explorer. Um, see <laughs> what is there. 
Well, Gretch, I did this because you told me to, yeah. to be a tourist in my own home. And I haven't acted on anything yet because, as you said, there wasn't an expectation to act. Yes. But I went and looked. We finally, um, Adam has been wanting to get these big sort of industrial shelves in our garage. And he we he put them all together. Now we have these huge shelves. So I went into the garage and I eyeballed, like, what do we have on these shelves? Yeah. Which has been in a pile in the garage. And I could just see right away so many huge items that we don't need. Ooh, that look. we could just wholesale get rid of. Like what? Like what? Well, a lot of them were big tubs of clothes. So there's like a huge tub of my maternity clothes. Oh. Don't need those. Yeah. There's like a huge tub of Jack's 18-month-old clothes. There's, <laughs> you know what I That's mean? That's specific. And, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, they're labeled. So yeah. I know. And I'm just, and they're probably things we meant to go through and give away some and maybe keep some or whatever. But now I'm just like, okay, we should just, you know, call for a pickup and have all these picked up and then we'll have more room on our shelves yeah which will be lovely well that's the thing it's very easy to forget what you already have and of course if you don't know you have it then you can't use it and so i we have a refrigerator that has sort of these little mini cabinets above it so it's hard to reach mm. i have to st stand on a chair so it's up there and what i found out is that we had like a whole package of plastic cups uh, mm. which I had no idea that we had. And so it's like, if I thought, oh, we need plastic cups, I would have gone out and bought them because I would have had no realization that we already had like a major trove of plastic cups. And so this is one thing where then you're going to decrease, even apart from clearing clutter and, and organizing, you're going to decrease wastefulness down the road because so often when we can't find something or we don't know we have it, then you buy it. If you know you have it, then you can use it up. And, and that's very satisfying. It's very satisfying to eliminate that sense of wastefulness or things going unused because you realize that you have it. Yeah, I also like looked in our pantry to be a tourist in the home and sort of just checked out what was there. And yeah, we have like all these different Star Wars paper plates from Jack's various birthday parties. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm not buying any more paper plates yeah. until, you know, for <laughs> Graduation. like, you know, when kids are having pizza and stuff until we use up all of these. Because also, they're really cute. He loves them. You know, in a way, you get into that thing of like, oh, well, they're special. We shouldn't just use them. But like, yeah, you should just use, you know, spend out. Don't buy more. Use what you have. Yeah. Which I love the idea, like you said, of the satisfaction of like using something up. Yeah. Yeah. And putting it into the world the way it's meant to be. So I did this thing where like from time to, you know, how sometimes you go to a store or you get something and it comes in a really nice box and it doesn't have a brand label all over it, but it's like very, mm, might be yeah. really nice material or it's got, it's, it's unusually pleasing in some way. If I got a really, really nice one, sometimes I would stick it in this one cabinet thinking like, well, you know, everyone once in a while from time to time, you need a box to put something in. So these are like nice boxes. But I had never told anybody else in my family that I had it. And so hmm. Eleanor came home one day and she's like, oh, I need a shoebox. And I was like, well, we don't have a shoebox because I never keep shoebox. I do this thing, by the way, happiness hack, side note. You can go to the at the shoe store if you know you're not going to return them. Say, keep the box and they will keep the box. Oh. And you take the shoes and then you don't have to get rid of the box. So I always do that. So we don't have any shoe boxes. But I said, oh, but we have these other boxes. Would any of this work? And she was so excited by these decorative boxes. She took three of them and, and used them for various things. Well, oh. she put them to good use. And again, I thought, well, I knew they were there, but she didn't know they were there. So part of being a tourist in your own home is also saying to people like, hey, did you look in here? Because maybe there's stuff in here that you want. Like, oh, did you know that we have these supplies? Or did you know that this is, if you need this kind of thing, this is where you go? Because I think sometimes 
you just lose track of what's there. And then again, she was so excited to have these things to put to use. She just didn't realize they were there. Gretchen, I would even say it could be so specific as to be a tourist in your own closet. Yes. I think a lot of people have no idea what clothes they have, like what jackets they have, what shoes they have. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like sometimes I do just like look at all my shoes and go, oh, those tennis shoes completely forgot no. they existed. One of the funniest. Um, what is, I don't see them because I'm not like looking. Right, right, right. Because you have to really glance. One of the funniest things that ever happened is, so I was trying to get Jamie to clear his clutter, which he's usually very, he's always very cooperative about. He likes to get rid of stuff and, and give stuff away and if he's not using it. So I was doing this thing where he was, and whenever I'm trying to help people clear clutter, I make it as easy for them as possible. So he was reclining, you know, mm-hmm. with a pillow and I was picking things out of his closet saying, do you want this? Do you want that? That is one thing. If you take it out, a lot of times mm. it's easier to get rid of it than if you're looking at it in place. Again, it's moving it out of its context. So anyway, I was, I was holding things up two at a time and asking him to pass judgment on them. And I held up this one pair of pants and he said, I have never seen that pair of pants before in my <laughs> life. <laughs> it's like, That's funny. It's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Somebody snuck in here and like put in this pair of pants. But um, yeah, you just, you just, don't even see it. So being a tourist yeah. is like having that heightened perception that you have when you're a tourist, when you're really looking. Yeah, I love this. It makes it fun. Yeah, it does it make it, it fun to get some, some take stock of what you have. But also one of the things, and I write about this in Better Than Before under the strategy of monitoring. Like anytime you watch how much you do something, you tend to do a better job. Like if you keep track of how much you're spending, you'll spend more conscientiously. If you keep track of what you're eating, you'll eat more healthily. Even if you're not trying to change just monitoring helps people move in the right direction and again i think monitoring your possessions by just knowing what you have it's just like you you're like oh i see these things i can get rid of i'm not going into the garage with the spirit of what can i get rid of but just by knowing what's there you create Mm -hmm. the impulse to get rid of something so you don't you're making it easy to follow through because you're giving yourself the information that makes action seem attractive But if you said to yourself, oh, I really need to go to the garage and decide what to give up or what to, Mm. you know, or recycle or give away, you might keep putting that off because it felt burdensome by saying, I'm just going to look. I don't have to do anything. I'm just looking. I think that makes it easier to take that first step, which then can also make it easier to take the next step. Yeah. And you might find something delightful. Yeah. Well, like you're excited to find that's like, you know, a little present to yourself. No, that happens to me often. You know, you're like, oh, I yeah. forgot about this, like, decorative soap or whatever. And, uh, yeah. yeah, or like Eleanor with the boxes. So let us know if you do try this at home and if, whether being a tourist in your own home works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is episode 167. So you go to happiercast.com slash 167 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that coincidentally, Gretch, is related to clutter <laughs> clearing and creating outer order to create inner calm. The first is break. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. 
Because everyone's different, Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyze your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers, so you have all the support you need to empower your change. Gretch, you know, I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day. Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash happier. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash happier. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash happier to start your trial today. So, Elizabeth, you're right. This hack is from a listener, and it's related to clutter clearing and outer order, but in a techie way, not not in a physical way, but in a technological way. Yeah, this comes from Alexis, who says, you explained the idea of keeping one empty shelf in your home. Yeah, this was an idea that I talked about um, in my book, Happier at Home, and also I did a a little happier that's all about uh, the empty shelf. So I'll post a link to that little happier in the show notes. And Alexis says... To be honest, the idea did not resonate with me right away. However, a week or two later, inspiration dawned. I picked up my cell phone and began rearranging the apps on my home screen. I moved superfluous programs to the second page and kept only the most important go-to apps on the home screen. After some careful consideration and the creation of a few folders, I managed to eliminate two rows of apps from my home screen. Now when I open my iPhone, I see the 12 apps I use the most often, and below them is my virtual empty shelf. My home screen is no longer jam-packed with apps and folders. It is clean and neat. I can't believe the subconscious drag the sight of it has been every time I opened it. My second screen is jammed full, but I only go there when I have to. The second screen is my laundry room closet, and the home screen is my wall with one empty shelf. This is amazing. So I love I love her metaphor too that it's the laundry yeah. room closet versus the sh- empty shelf. So listen, I did this. Um, ah. it, it took me a little while to get the hang of how to move an app from one screen to the next because it's there's a little bit of a of a trick to it, but it did not take that long. And I did exactly what she said, and now my home screen is, um, I didn't get it down to as many as, as she does, but it's uh, 14. Um, wow, that's good. Yeah, and the fact is, it is just simpler. Um, because when you look at that, it's just very clean, and you just can see what you're looking for right away. And I also created folders, as she said, like I created a travel folder, which has all my, like a lot of things in it, because you only, I only need them when I'm traveling. Yes. So uh, like the Amtrak app, or yes. the United app. Yes. And, oh, this is a great idea because I never want to get rid of those things, yes. even though I might only use it like once every two years. Yes, exactly. Okay. And so I think, you know, this is a great example of, you know, we always say, you know, technology is a good servant, but a bad master. And when you mm-hmm. feel like oh, you're just overwhelmed by the weight of all this stuff, even just virtual stuff that you're looking at, it's a bad feeling. And this is just a way where you know, in 10 minutes, you can, you can deal with this, you know, and I, I include in the 10 minutes, the time it took me to fi- like go online, learn how to do it and then figure out. And the thing is, I then taught mom how to do it. Mom was like, do you know oh, how to move wow. an app? And I was like, in fact, I do because mom and dad are visiting uh, New York City right now. And so I was like, as a matter of fact, just yesterday, I learned how to do this. So then I helped mom do it so that she has oh, all good. her good ones on the homepage. And then just the randoms that you need every once in a while. 
later on. So I think this is a great hack. Yes, yes. You have your book coming out, Gretchen, Outer Order, Inner Calm. Yes. This should be in it. This is <laughs> yes. really good. Yes, because technology clutter um, is just as overwhelming as physical clutter. Yes. So thank you, Alexis, for a fantastic hack. I'm sure we'll hear from a lot of people who incorporate this into their life. Alyssa, you've been talking about your season of stress with your pilot, and this has been an ongoing thing that has really been something difficult to manage. And we put out the call um, for people to have, for their ideas about how they manage the seasons of stress. And we got so many great ideas about how to manage these times of kind of intense work and intense stress. Yes. And it was interesting because there are a lot of um, reasons for a season of stress kept coming up. Like teachers and students have stress at the end of a semester, which makes a lot of sense. The students have to take tests. The teachers (laughs) have to grade this huge pile of tests or essays. In retail, people who work in retail are stressed from October through December, uh, which makes sense. Um, And then we could have guessed this one. CPAs are stressed around tax time. Yeah. And then I thought this was interesting, Gretch. We heard from doctors and nurses who are stressed around flu season. Yeah. Because I guess they have a lot more people coming through their doors during flu season. Yeah. That had not occurred to me. Yeah. Me neither. So we heard a lot of people gave similar advice. And so the, the kind of the top ones that kept coming up over and over and over again One is for meal prep, to either plan ahead of time and shop ahead of time or sign up for a meal delivery service or somehow figure out a way that you're going to deal with your meals ahead of time. And relatedly, you outsource or delegate any tasks that you can, whether that's sort of cleaning your house or doing your laundry or whatever, even things that you would ordinarily do yourself, figure out a way to get those off your to-do list. Yes. And then this was good. People said, change your expectations for yourself. Be kind to yourself. Remember, everyone will be okay. (laughs) Um, You know, if you're not there 100% of the time. And on those lines, let people know you're entering this period. And I think this is really helpful for sort of the psychic element of stress. Like if you email, you know, a bunch of people and say, hey, everyone just wants you to know I'm going to be really busy the next couple of months. So if you don't hear from me for a couple of days... Um, It's just because I'm really busy. Um, The other thing that Sarah and I do a lot is if we need to get back to someone about something in the future, we'll say, be sure to nag us about this. Oh, that's a good one. So that we know like, okay, we've told them they can email us a reminder that we're supposed to do something, you know, at some time. That's a great idea. Um, And then also this idea that to accept help, to allow other people to help you out. That's for some people easier said than done. But when people Mm -hmm. offer, accept it or, you know, suggest people ways that they can be helpful. And along those lines, it's helpful um, when people are helping you to let them know that this is a defined period, you know, to say like everything's going to be back to normal once the semester's over or whatever, so that they'll know that it's not just an open ended thing but that it is like, can you help me out for two weeks? Or could you take this over for three weeks or whatever it is? I think sometimes that helps people to be helpful when they know that they're not signing up forever. But it's yeah. something, and it, and it's like you're stressed out and everything, but that will come to an end to remind them that it's not forever. Yes. 
And then another thing that came up again and again is people talking about how to eliminate as yeah. many decisions as possible because, you know, making decisions adds to stress. And one of the big suggestions for eliminating decision making is to have a uniform, which yeah. we've talked about. We've had to try this at home that was, you yeah. know, pick a uniform. They're saying if just every day you know what you're going to wear, you're going to wear jeans and a T-shirt and a cardigan, whatever it is then you're just not dealing with that in the morning and it's right. just like an easier way to get out the door. Uh, you know, something that somebody mentioned a long time ago, Elizabeth, that I just jumped into my head is kind of a funny example of this. It was somebody who emailed us that she always parked in the furthest possible spot in the parking lot because she could always get a parking spot and she could always remember where she parked and she yes. had a, and she took a little walk so it gave her a little bit of exercise. Yeah. Th that's a funny way to eliminate decisions because it's like instead of that like where's my spot? And then, ooh, like I'm on 3G or whatever. You're just like, yeah. I'll just go as far as I can and there's my car. I thought that was a, that was a good example of that. That is a really good way to eliminate <laughs> decision making and not, get extra steps. Yeah, that's something that I have to worry about in New York City, but I can imagine, no. <laughs> in, you know, in like the land of parking lots. Um, so Jen had a fun idea, which was to create an SOS kit, which conveniently also is Season of Stress as well as SOS. Mm -hmm. A basket with healthy snacks, a small book of inspirational quotes, a puzzle book, a stress ball. I thought this was fun, and this might be a fun gift to give to somebody as a sign. Yeah. Like, I want to, like, I could have sent you something, like an SOS box, because when I knew you were going into pilot season, just as sort of an, a, a gesture of, you know, a goodwill. You know, I know you're going through this. I want to recognize that. And so I love the idea of an SOS kit. Well, you know, Mindy, my best friend in Kansas City, sent me a tub of atomic fireballs before uh, <laughs> I started shooting the pilot because atomic fireballs helped me get through stressful times. They last a long time and they, they're just a little jolt. Yeah. Um, and I used to take as many as I could from the dry cleaner. So <laughs> you me mentioned that. A tub of them. <laughs> Um, and, it, and it did help me get through pilot pilot season. Well, and it's nice when people sort of do recognize, like they make a gesture of showing that they understand that it's a tough time. Now, these were two suggestions I was doing. I did a Facebook, you know, I do these Ask Gretchen Rubin anything live shows on Facebook every week. And we were talking about the season of stress. And these were two things that were interesting because they were, they pointed in opposite direction, but I can see how they're both mm. true. You know, the opposite of a profound truth is also true. One was Kru said that what she did during a, a season of stress was to wake up earlier. She mm. exercises and meditates before her family wakes up. My magic time is 5.30. I, can, I do this in a season mm. of stress. I'll get up earlier so yeah. I have a little bit more time. And then Catherine said the opposite. She said, when I'm stressed, I do the opposite of getting up early. I prep my lunches and stuff the night before and savor an extra 30 minutes of sleep in the morning. It feels like a treat and starts the day off right for me. See, I think that, I mean, you could see how either of those work. It just yes, depends on you. Absolutely. You have to pick the one that, I, like for you, Alyssa, it's probably the little bit of extra sleep would feel like a delicious, delicious way to start a difficult day. Actually, no, because Ooh. when I'm stressed, I tend to wake up earlier anyway ah. uh, because my mind is going. Yeah. So it'd probably be better for me to just get up as soon as I woke up, go have a cup of coffee, watch mm. the news and relax as opposed to laying in bed and trying to sleep. Interesting. Well, maybe that's maybe this is sort of like a know yourself better question. If you're mm -hmm. in a season of stress, how do you think about the morning time in a way to start your day right? Because the morning time kind of... It, if it doesn't set the tone for the whole day, it can set the tone for the morning. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, maybe you want to sort of have a philosophy of, how, you know, when and how you're going to get up. Yeah. And Monica wrote in, she said, we were among the first neighborhoods hit by the Thomas fire last December. 
We had 10 minutes to evacuate in complete darkness, and when we looked back at our neighborhood, it was engulfed in the orange waterfall of fire moving down the hill. Oh, my gosh. Terrifying. Not surprisingly, my strategies for dealing with stressful periods at work helped here. One, compartmentalize. You don't need to try and solve everything. Just prioritize what is critical in the moment. In our case, we were evacuated around midnight, and by the next morning, friends and family were asking whether our house was okay. We didn't know, and I refused to dwell on worst-case scenarios until we had more information. She also said, two, set boundaries. Let people know that you are coping with a stressful situation and may be out of touch for a few days. For the wildfires, we posted a note to Facebook that we were safe and might be out of touch for a couple days. We were getting stressful updates by the minute at some points. So I also set the boundary that if someone was using the bathroom or the shower to wait to talk until they came out. Borrowing a tip from one of your listeners, I made the shower a peaceful haven. So I think these are great ideas to compartmentalize, like only do what you have to do right now. This Mm -hmm. is not the time to think about every single thing that you're ever going to have to do ever. It's like deal Mm -hmm. with the moment and then to set boundaries. I thought this was great. Like, you know, be very clear about what you're going to communicate to whom and when. And then I love the idea of of like allowing people their moment of refuge. I mean, because if you're just feeling like every minute somebody's telling you something that's upsetting, it's just like you're going to burn out. And it's nice to just... You can just imagine somebody being like, I'm just going to get in the shower, close my eyes and just, you know, space out for a few minutes. So those were great suggestions. What a terrifying thing to go through. That's that is that is stressful. Yeah. And then on a totally different note, Danica suggested using dry shampoo during (laughs) periods of stress. Um which is a big thing. I mean, in Hollywood, I don't know if it's big everywhere, but the dry shampoo trick is definitely um, something I'm very familiar with. <laughs> and that, you know, you know what it is, right? Yeah. You put it in your hair and it keep it keeps it looking fresh longer so you don't need to wash it and dry it. And do you brush it out or you leave it in your hair? It sort of gets, I think, absorbed into your hair. Oh, okay. You, you don't, you know, it kind of disappears into the hair. Well, then also Charlotte had a good idea, which was to schedule something nice, like a nice massage right after the deadline. So after the mm-hmm. semester's over or once, you know, it's the, the Christmas rush is over, have something to look forward to that's like a little treat once you've made it to that deadline. I am a big believer in this. And here's a great idea from Marita, um, who has a newborn. She has a mantra, this is hard, this is normal, this will change. So that was great. That is great. You could almost imagine that like being a sign on your door. You know, this is I was gonna say that might have to go on my whiteboard. That's a good one. <laughs> the whiteboard of everything. Yes, exactly. And finally, Gretch Victoria says, I avoid anything that I know I use to run away from my problems, like spending and drinking. Mm. So this is a good one. It's like don't fall into bad habits out of stress, which will actually make you more stressed. Right. You don't want to do something to make yourself feel better that in the end just makes you feel worse. And so if you're entering into a season of stress, you want to be very aware that you might want to reach for those things and say to yourself, hey, you know, this is not going to make my season of stress better in the long run. It'll make me feel worse. Like, not, don't go down that road. Yeah. And Gretch, one final thing that I can tell you, Sarah, my writing partner and co-host of Happier in Hollywood does. What? 
is she'll meditate in her car. Ooh. Because it's like the only time she has like five or ten minutes, you know, when she parks. So oh. sometimes I'll get out of my car and I'll see her car and she'll be in there um, with her eyes closed meditating. Oh, so, I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. The car meditation. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks for all those great ideas, everyone. That is, I hope that, that that's going to make seasons of stress better for you and for me, Elizabeth, for sure. Because that was a lot of great, great suggestions. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. And coming up, Gretchen gives herself a demerit that really surprised me. Very out of character. Mm. (laughs) But first, an ad break. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. What did you do that did not help your happiness this week? Well, so I did this gigantic website redesign last September, and um, this is like doing a home renovation. It's like really hard, and you have to think about everything and what you want people to do and what people are looking for and how it should look, and you have to write things and change things. Anyway, and I worked with this great team, Apartment One. And then um, we were like, okay, in six months, we're going to revisit it and see what's working, mm-hmm. what didn't work. Do we need to make changes? Is every, you know. And so I do get a gold star because it occurred to me, like all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, I was like, ooh, let me count up the months. I think it's time to do it. So I sent out the email and said, like, oh, we should do this. And we set it up. It's a learn and optimize meeting is what they called it. Mm. But here's the thing. Now, Elizabeth, you and I tell each other all the time, no deposit, no return. Mm-hmm. things are only as good as we are willing to put into them. You don't get more out of something than you put into it. And I just, for whatever reason, did nothing to prepare for this learn and optimize mm-hmm. meeting. Now, it was fine because they had done a lot to prepare and we had a lot to go over oh, and everything. But um, I should have just spent half an hour just looking around and seeing what was going on. I think it was just felt so overwhelming. I just kept putting it off. I did do one thing at the last minute. I was having trouble with search and I had actually searched for Elizabeth. I forget even why I was doing this, but I was searching for Elizabeth Annoyed. I forget what I was looking for, something that we had talked about. And I could, and I had this search problem. So I was able to, repl- because they were like, we weren't able to replicate your problem. And I was like, well, try this. And then they were like, ooh, that did replicate. So that was a golden moment. But that was just like, again, because I had done that work, I was able to bring it to it. Yeah, And so I just, it all worked out fine. We found plenty of things that we want to learn and optimize from. But again, I was just like, you know, I, the minute I was heading down there in the subway, I was like, you know, I really wish I'd just gone over it myself and um, taken that time. It's so unlike you, Gretchen. You're usually, I mean, if anything, overprepared. Mm. I mean, you are one to prepare. So you must be really busy, I'm thinking. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. It's I, not like you. I just didn't do it. I don't know. I should sit down and analyze why it was that I didn't. Anyway, I learned a lesson, though, which is I like to prepare. I like to be prepared. Maybe that's why I prepare. Mm-hmm. Usually it's because I like to feel prepared. I didn't like the feeling of not being prepared. So maybe yeah. this is a stumble may prevent a fall, yes. as the English yes. proverb says. So, so listen, now what's your gold star? What's the fun, fun note to end us on? Okay, well, my gold star is sort of two parts. One part to me and one part to some other moms. Oh, good. (laughs) Um, Because let me just tell you, last weekend, some of us second grade moms went on a mom's trip to Las Vegas. This is so California. Um, (laughs) Yes, very California. And it, I knew that the trip was happening right before our pilot was due. So it initially came up, the date, you know, people said the date, and I said, there's no way I'm going to be able to go. Our pilot is due. I just, there's no chance that I'm going to be able to go to Vegas, 
even though I really want to, I want to bond with moms, I want to go have fun, but there's just no way. But, and this is gold stars to these various moms who kept sort of coming up to me saying, Liz, you have to go to Vegas. And I would say, but I can't. They would say, oh, you can go for one night. Come on, it's a Saturday. You can go. And I was like, no, I can't. And they said, yes, you can. I said, well, you know what? I'll buy a plane ticket. And then if by some chance I can go, at least I have my plane ticket. And I, my friend Amanda had said I could sleep in her room. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'll be able to go. Should I be, you know, because a lot yeah. of times I don't know what's happening in advance. So yeah. it's hard to plan. Yeah. So I bought a plane ticket. And then people kept saying to me, Liz, you got to go to Vegas. You can't miss this. And I kept saying, I'm probably going to miss it. And then a mom texted me and said, oh, I'm so glad you're coming to Vegas. And I was about to text back, I'm not going to Vegas mm -hmm. because my pilot is due. And instead, I went in and I was like, I sat down with our head of post on our pilot. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about the schedule. Like, what is happening on Saturday? Is there any chance that I could go to Vegas? Mm. And we just, we talked it through and it was like, oh my gosh, I could go to Vegas. Wow. Like it just so happened of all the days when there was nothing for us to do that was Saturday and Sunday. It's, oh. And so I was like, I'm going, you know, I was like, okay. I was like texting, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going. And I um, give myself a gold star because it, it was hard to sort of step out of pilot mode. It would have been easy yes. just to keep myself in yes. there. Yes. But instead, I said, you know what? This is important. Like, even though it was hard to leave Jack when I've been working so much, I thought, oh, my gosh, now I'm going to miss a Saturday I could have had with him. But it's also really important to um, get to know the other moms in the class and to have that bonding experience and yeah. build this community. So it felt very important and worthwhile to me. And believe me, it, it also felt like a big hassle like yes. before I went. Yes. So I give myself a gold star for going through it and going. I had a fantastic time. And I really give these other moms a gold star, gold stars all around, because if they hadn't kept encouraging me to go, yeah. I definitely wouldn't have. Well, the pro so the thank you to them for getting me off my butt and to Las Vegas. Well, see, and this is why I think you really deserve a gold star, which is like when you're in, in a season of stress, sometimes you're just like, I just can't handle anything else. I can't handle any change. I can't make plans. I can't like step away. It's so much work to step outside of my usual pattern. I, I can't face what it would take and thinking it through or even having that conversation, like what is the schedule? It just feels like too much. And so when I heard you were going, I was just flabbergasted with ad yeah, admiration I because were. I was like, for me, it would have been like, if I, if I just stay home and sleep or I just stay home and, you know, dr you know, drink coffee in my own living room, I would have felt like, so I, I think it is hard, but then you were so refreshed. Um, yes. When you can't, you were energized. You got a like a mental break. You yes. you connected with all these people who totally outside the people that you've been seeing morning, noon, and night for the last you know six weeks or whatever. And so it really was worth all the effort. And so gold yes. star to you, and gold star for planning the whole trip. I think that's that's a fantastic bonding experience. So fun. <laughs> yeah. Second that grade really moms fun. hit Las Vegas. It sounds like well, a that's right. This is a screenplay there maybe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Be a tourist in your own home. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our producer, Odelia Rubin. Also, thanks to Kristen Meinzer and Andy Bowers of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. 
If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. The resources for this week, if you want to sign up for my newsletter, which comes out about once a month and is full of all the highlights from my blog and Facebook and the podcast and other things that are interesting, I'll put up a sign up on show notes for today, 167, happiercast.com slash 167. And again, it is Mother's Day coming up. If you live in the United States or Canada, you can email me and I will send you a personalized free book plate um, to make your gift more personalized. And again, if you want to learn more about the Four Tendencies course, either for you or for a mother in your life, I'll put a link to that as well. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. So Elizabeth, speaking of season of stress and how it's very important to ask for help or to accept help if someone offers it, I it made me think of this great passage from Anne Lamott's brilliant book, Operating Instructions, where she writes about the first months of her son's life. She's a single mom. She's totally overwhelmed by having a baby. And she writes, then something truly amazing happened. A man from church showed up at our front door, smiling and waving to me and Sam, and I went to let him in. He is a white man named Gordon, 50-ish, married to our associate pastor, and after exchanging pleasantries, he said, Margaret and I wanted to do something for you and the baby. So what I want to ask is, what if a fairy appeared on your doorstep and said that he or she would do any favor for you at all, anything you wanted around the house that you felt too exhausted to do by yourself and too ashamed to ask anyone else to help you with? I can't even say, I said, it's too horrible. But he finally convinced me to tell him, and I said it would be to clean the bathroom. And he ended up spending an hour scrubbing the bathtub and toilet and sink with Ajax and lots of hot water. I sat on the couch while he worked, watching TV, feeling vaguely guilty, and nursing Sam to sleep. I love wow. the idea of the guy showing up and saying, like, I'm going to be your fairy, your magical errand fairy. What do you want me to do? I love that. Well, that's a good friend. <laughs>